Hello, this is Justin Williams. I'm here with co-host Matt Carter, and we have a very fun episode for you today. It's going to be up there among the ranks, so uh, Mm -hmm. I'm sure we'll have a lot of new listeners tuning in. Give you guys a good reminder in just a second. But NC State finally does it, 27-21 in double overtime in Carter-Finley Stadium on Saturday over the Clemson Tigers, previously ninth-ranked, will probably drop in the polls. But we're talking about the six-time defending ACC champions, at least in football here. And now NC State is in the driver's seat in the Atlantic Division, starting off the ACC schedule with a big win over its probably its most highest-ranked opponent for the rest of the season. We'll see how it all unfolds, but just one heck of a program win. We're about to dive all into it, but reminder for all of our loyal listeners and viewers at home, and if we have some new viewers and listeners, please listen up. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to us. We're on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Google Play, everywhere you listen to podcasts. Plus, you can always watch us on our YouTube channel. Where you, Please, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. I said a couple weeks ago, if NC State finds a way to beat Clemson, I think we're passing the 1,000 subscriber mark. Okay, well, we're at 910 as of this recording on Sunday morning following the game. I know this video is going to get a lot of hits. I know this podcast is going to get a lot of downloads. So if you're a new listener, do me a favor and please head over to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, the Wolfpacker YouTube channel. Get us to 1,000. I think we can do it this week. There's going to be a lot of great podcasts and videos ahead because this season just got very, very, very interesting for the Wolfpack now that NC State is sitting pretty with a 1-0 ACC record. And look, NC State controls its own destiny. It's one of few teams left in the ACC that can say it controls its own destiny in the sense that if NC State's goal is to go out and win an ACC championship, I mean, they have they have the keys to that now because the what you have to do to do that in the Atlantic Division is you have to take down these guys. And... Let's just talk about this game first because I don't want to get too distracted in big picture. I feel like as NC State fans that are just you know, so eager for that opportunity of success and so eager for that you know, long-lived title hopes and title talk, all that stuff, it's not fair to what happened yesterday because what we saw yesterday was an instant classic. It is an NC State game that fans will remember for decades. It's going to go down in the history books. It's going to be one of the great games of this decade for Wolfpack football. That was just a all-in-all great college football game. The drama, the double overtimes, the defensive stops, the touchdown throws. I mean, it, the, the crowd, the storm, the, field, the storming of the field. I mean, it had it all, Matt. Am I, where does that rank among the football games that you've covered and been to? That, that's my first question. Hmm. That's a great question. I hadn't, hadn't thought about that. The range of emotions was probably high. It was probably the, the widest range of emotions that I can remember. And I wrote my column that they deserved to feel the joy and euphoria at the end of that game because they were a better team than Clemson yesterday. You know, disregard the talent, disregard the stars, whatever. On this Saturday, when they lined up and put the football down and kicked off, 
NC State was a better team than Clemson. Um, it may not have been that way next Saturday. It may not have been that way a previous Saturday. On Saturday, uh, September, whatever yesterday was, four, uh, 25th, they were better than than Clemson, and they deserved to feel the joy. But, you know, that, you know, that game had a ton of emotion. There have been other really exciting games. Um, you know, the Louisville game on Thursday night with, uh, with uh, an electric atmosphere. I, you know, the one that probably stands out most to me was the, a couple of the Florida State games. Um, the Russell Wilson, the George Bryan touchdown pass, and then the Florida State fumble near the goal line that Nate Irvin recovered to secure the win in 2010, and then the 2012 game with the Brian Underwood catch. Um, those, the Underwood game may be the closest to the range of emotions, because you remember they, you know, that was a team that was down, I think, 16 nothing at halftime. I think there were a lot of dejected fans that, you know, resigned to the fact that this was going to be a loss, and he went out to the parking lot probably at halftime and had probably given up on it all and was slow to get back into the stadium. And and then they pulled it out. And that Florida State team was a lot better than this Clemson team. Uh, that, that was, I think that was the last loss Florida State had for a long time after that. Well, they uh, Florida State won the national championship that year, right? The next year they did. The next, next that, year. But that was the Jameis Winston you know. Well, no, that was E.J. Manuel's last year, and then Jameis Winston came in as a freshman next year. But they had all the other pieces. And right. E.J. Manuel was a first-round draft pick, a quarterback. Not like he was. Anyway, they they would have been a college football playoff team if it existed After, back yeah. then. Yep. They would have been. Okay. And um, so, you know, this Clemson team probably not quite as good as that team. But the range of emotions, you know, I don't know if it picked up on TV, but there were some boos early after a couple of play calls. That were like third and long, second and long, third and long. There was some frustration with the play calling. Um, at the end of the third quarter, you could there was a, a, a you could just feel it, a, a feeling that they were confident. We're going to win this game. We're up fourteen seven. We got the football. Clemson can't do anything against our defense. We're going to win. And then that it was like a tidal wave of momentum shift when Clemson just went right down the field suddenly and quickly. I mean, they went from having another third and long, and I'm not sure they had converted a third down up at that point in the game. And then next thing you know, you know, 15-yard, 16-yard run by Will Shipley. Uh, DJ gets off a, I'm not going to try the last name, the quarterback for Clemson, DJ. Leongo Lale. Yes, sir. He pulled off a 35-whatever-yard run, and then, um, and then, you know, he loses his helmet. Backup quarterback comes in, hands it off to Shipley. They score a touchdown. And then it's like, oh, crap. Here we go. And then the offense had that missed field goal. And, oh, boy. Here we go. And then Clemson gets a three and out. And then they gets the ball back. And they're driving. And it's that nervous excitement. And it's like Christopher Dunn, you know, there. He did miss a couple field goals. But they were 50-plus yards. This one is right down his wheelhouse. I'm nervous, but I think we got it. And then they messaged, and it was like 2016 all again. You know, it was like that most dejected feeling, right? And then Clemson scores first, and you're like, oh, crap. And then NC State scores, and you're now nervous about the extra point. And, you know, it was just so much emotion from one end of the spectrum to the other. That's what stood out 
um, about this game for NC State. And I can see why Dave Dorn was drinking out of a, a solo cup and <laughs> smoking a cigar out in, the, in front of Murphy Center last night. I um, have never seen Dave Doran more relaxed and jovial than he was in that post-game press conference. I mean, that was like, we got party Dave for 10 minutes there. I mean, that was, I'd like to imagine that's how Dave Doran is in front of, you know, recruits or in like social settings. He's got a really great personality. He sometimes just doesn't show it to the media. And that's why people think he's this curmudgeon type Midwestern dude. But Behind closed doors, like these players love him. He really, he really does have a good sense of humor, and I, I just can't say enough about how happy I am for him, this coaching staff, and these players because this is just something that's been the better part of a decade in the making. You know, NC State has just knocked on the door with this Clemson team multiple times, and through the face of adversity, bad luck, just had some really tough breaks, and you know, stared stared those past missed opportunities right in the face Saturday night. I mean, every NC State fan in the world probably just had the most dejected feeling. I know, Matt, you you wrote about it in your column, and I really liked the few sentences that you wrote about it in the sense that you're 100% right. Every, Every State fan in the world that was watching that game when that kick was missed was just like, oh, no, here we go again. Why can't we ever have nice things? I mean, it... That truly would have been a confirmation of NC State stuff is real. There is some sort of curse because no fan base has just gone through that much heartbreak in similar fashion. But you know what? It just it, it just made the win that much sweeter that NC State was able to overcome that BS, that NC State stuff. Um, you know, and, and I don't I definitely think that First of all, if State lost the game, Chris Dunn would be getting a lot of unfair criticism right now. None of those kicks were easy kicks. I know the last kick was the shortest kick, the one that Chris Dunn is going to make more times than not. But put yourself in that young man's shoes. I mean, I'm I'm watching that game and I am my gut is wrenching for that man. I mean, I, yeah. I cannot imagine the nerves of that situation because it, it's it's not just a normal game-winning kick type opportunity i mean he knows all of the context in that situation he kn- he knows that in 2016 this is the exact way that nc state lost to this team he had a tougher kick than bombard by the way it was what 40 yard kick bombards was a little bit closer either way chris dunn i mean he'll he'll get right he's a great kicker it was totally just a I mean, you got to have a mental strength of a bodybuilder to, you know, make those kind of kicks. I mean, I, anybody that wouldn't be shaken in their boots in that situation, you're just a liar. You're just a liar if you wouldn't be shaking in your boots in that situation. But you know what? NC State was the better team, and the better team typically finds a way to win the longer the game goes. And case in point, NC State won in double overtime because, like you said, Matt, Yesterday, Saturday, September 25th, NC State was the better team. We'll see how the rest of the season unfolds. But um, let, let's talk about what impressed each of us the most. I, I think there's so many things to cover here because um, really it was just a complete performance. I mean, frankly, other than the field goals, NC State played a near, in my opinion, towards the top of its potential on both sides of the ball and in several elements of the game. 
Um, what stuck What stuck out to you the most, Matt? Um, what were you most impressed with from NC State? I had two things that really stood out to me: defense in general. I know it's not a good Clemson offense. What surprised me is just how porous that Clemson offensive line is. I know the quarterback's getting a lot of heat. I know their offensive coordinator's getting a lot of heat. Can't block, can't win. That's the bottom line. Can't move the football, you can't block. And they can't run the football, period. And, uh, um, you know, Will Shipley's one of the nicest in my 17 years of covering NC State recruiting. Will Shipley probably ranks in the top 1% of uh, nicest young men to have interacted with. And for a guy who was an all-world recruit, he was really incredibly nice. And so I really hope that's not a bad knee injury for him. He's a genuine guy that you would pull for. Um, but he had no chance, really, to run the football in this game. I think he had one good run in yeah. this game. It's because he just had no chance. He's a great running back. You know, Will Shipley will run, he ran for yards against Georgia Tech. He just had no chance against NC State defensive front because they were whooping Clemson's offensive front. In this game, they couldn't run power. They couldn't run. Uh, they couldn't run anything. Couldn't run stretch. Um, you know. So, but the, the defense just dominated. I mean, at one point, I think Clemson's only first down, maybe in the second and third quarter. I'd have to go back and look at it and evaluate it. As, as my dog Lucy makes an appearance in the background, <laughs> um, I'd have to um, go back and evaluate it, but. You know, I think the only first down they may have gotten in the second and third quarters was on a pass interference by NC State, which was a good play by Derek Pitts because he was beat and he just tackled the Clemson guy to prevent <laughs> prevent prevent six points. Uh, smart smart to... penalty there. That was a really, really smart penalty. 15 yards versus a 65-yard touchdown. I'll take the 15 yards on that one. In so, the college uh, game, people don't take advantage of that enough. I mean, if you've got a home run ball, you tackle that. God, yeah. I mean it. But anyways, go ahead. Yeah. So I, I thought obviously the defense, I, yes, the Clemson offense stinks, but the, the entry state defense, you know, if Clemson's looking to get right on offense, it, you know, that's what we all were talking about. When would it happen? It was clear Saturday very early. It's not going to happen against NC State defense. And that may be the best. If you're a Clemson fan, but what I can tell you, that may be the best defense you're going to face the rest of the year. So. Take solace in that. Yeah, you've gotten the hard defenses out of the way, I think, on your schedule. So, um, there's room for growth now offensively. This was just not the right time for them to be playing NC State because the defense is legit. And especially because they did it without C.J. Clark. I mean, we knew Peyton Wilson was out for the year. Cyrus Fagan was out for the year. So, we didn't know about C.J. Clark not playing. He's been NC State probably their best defensive lineman early in the season. And man, did Corey Durden step up in a big way when we replaced him and had a couple of sacks. And uh, people forget, you know, going into last season, a lot of people thought Corey Durden would be in the NFL right now. Not certainly not at NC State, but did a Florida State transfer didn't have the year um, last year. Needed a, a, a fresh start, and boy, is he getting it at NC State. So, and then the other thing, real quick, I would say the running game. The two running backs being able to run as effectively as they did. I thought Ricky Poston really, the second game, I think maybe it was the South Florida game where maybe Bam 
got off to a slow start. Rookie person came in, ran really hard, and jump-started things. A similar setup this time. I thought Ricky, from the get-go, was running hard. And I think he finished with 21 carries for 90 yards, which was a great day against that Clemson defense. Yeah. And again, I know that Clemson defense was shorthanded. They were probably without their three best defensive players, arguably. Um, yeah, and they just go to show you. Go back to the 2019 NC State team where a lot of Dwayne haters don't want to hear the excuse of the injuries, injuries, injuries. Well, look at Clemson. They just lost three of the best defensive players, and all of a sudden they're more vulnerable on defense. No team can survive that kind of stuff. It's harder for some teams than others, and Clemson's still very good defensively, but it, it's harder to defend when you're down three of your best guys and also you're on the field for 41 minutes because NC State defense was getting off the field on third downs, and Clemson wasn't. And I thought the running game, both running back, had that was the equivalent of running for 150 yards against on um, 15 carries against an average defense, right? That or 20 carries for 140 yards or something like that on an average defense. What those two running backs did to Clemson, that's the equivalent equivalent of what they did against South Florida when they both went over 100 yards. Can't can't agree more with both of the points you said. I mean, clearly this was a game that. You know, if NC State's defense doesn't rise to the occasion, maybe Clemson gets opportunities to get its offense going. And, you know, who knows? Maybe this turns into more of a shootout. NC State's offense can't compete with that. And then on the other end of the ball or other side of the ball, you know, we went into this game circling a couple things as the keys to this game. One of which on offense, the main of which on offense, being that NC State had to find a way to establish the run against this stout Tigers defensive front. I mean, this is going to be the toughest run defense NC State faces all season. Although, you know, it didn't it didn't do as well against Mississippi State's run defense. We'll see what Mississippi State's run defense does the rest of the way. But I think it's fair to say that Clemson's defense is the best that NC State is going to see this year, or at least on paper, in terms of all of NC State's regular season opponents, it's the best unit on paper. And... You know, we said going into this game, you don't expect Ricky Person or Bam Knight to go off and have these monster stat games. They're not going to average, you know, Bam going into this game, take out the Mississippi State game. I mean, he had two games where he was averaging 10 yards a carry, basically. That's not sustainable against this Clemson defense. A good defense will not allow a running back to do that. But like you said, Matt, running backs did exactly what they had to do. 44 combined carries for Ricky Person and Bam Knight combined yards of 170 yards those two uh ricky 4.3 yards per carry bam 3.4 yards per carry and that's that's good enough that that's that's really strong against this clemson defense and why that's so important nc state completely dominated time of possession 41 minutes 48 seconds for nc state just 18 minutes 12 seconds that clemson had the ball you're basically saying that NC State had possession for the better part of three quarters, and Clemson was only able to have the ball for the better part of a little more than one quarter of the ball game. So when you're babe, when you're able to double up a team's time of possession, that shows that you're really controlling the pace of the game to your liking. I don't have the exact stat in front of me, but I think it was, what, 97 plays to 49, something like that. It was the last quote in my notebook that Dave Dord mentioned he I, you know he's he's in the press conference looking at the stat sheet and he's he's even impressed I mean that 
Yeah, 96 plays to their 49. He said, I mean, that's incredible. It, it really is. That that control of the game was a huge, huge factor. But beyond the defense and beyond the running backs, the thing that really stood out to me, Matt, and I don't think it's being talked about enough because maybe it wasn't a monster yardage game, but to me that was by far Devin Leary's most complete performance of the season. And it was the first time that we saw a Leary that was just locked in and dialed in and a Leary that you looked at and said, okay, he can go win you a ball game right now since last year when NC State went up to Pittsburgh and played probably the toughest defense it faced last season in Pittsburgh. Devin Leary throws for four touchdowns over 300 yards in that game. Saturday night against Clemson, Leary completes 32 of his 44 attempts for 238 yards four touchdowns, and most importantly, no interceptions against this stout Clemson defense that through three games prior to this one had not allowed an offensive touchdown. Leary finds a way to find the end zone four times. And what I say going into this game? Vincy State finds a way to get in, into the end zone three times. It's going to have a really, really good chance to win. And frankly, you know, I know it took four touchdowns to win the game, the double overtime is a little misleading. I will say, I was I was also on that under 47, and, and a total bad beat for that if you had the under 47. I don't care one ounce because NC State finally got Clemson, and I don't care, and I don't care if I lost my bet there. But I will say, it counts as a moral victory for me because that under definitely should have hit. These two defenses rose to the occasion. This was not an offensive juggernaut game, but like I was saying before, we talked about what was so impressive with everybody. I mean, it other than the field goals, you know, the special teams beyond that, the defense, the offense, it was a complete performance, complete performance. Yeah, I did think NC State, though, left some points on the board. We talked about the missed field goals. The trick plays did not work, obviously, in that one with the bad turnover. I think that was in the second quarter when they tried their whole uh, reverse back flea flicker, whatever was going on. Yeah. Um, you know, that killed a drive. Uh, the Thayer Thomas, yeah, don't throw that ball. I'm, Thayer, I'm surprised Thayer threw it. Threw it. Um, he's one of the smartest players on the football team. And, and that was a, a Ricky Person did some good defense <laughs> to prevent the, on that one from being another turnover. And, um, you know, they were able to end up scoring, I think, a touchdown on that drive. But, um, you know, there were a couple of deep passes. One ended up being pretty well defended. I thought Devin Carter probably could have run a little bit better route to get under the one Devin Leary threw him uh, on, and that would have been a touchdown. That was a perfect ball. That was a per- I think that that was on Devin Carter, but he made up for it. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> um, and then the, the one to Anthony Smith. Yeah, I give the Clemson uh safety credit for that he ran from the other side of the field he i I was watching it unfold i knew they were going to anthony smith right away and he beat the corner he's just so physically athletically gifted and he beat the um corner but it was impressive with the safety was literally helping on coverage on the other side of the field far side of the field from the press box anthony smith was on the near side and he was running a route that carried him toward the other half on the deep post and um, get that safety credit. He came all the way over. He saw it right away and sprinted and was able to get there in time. Um, but there were a couple of deep shots that they missed. 
It took play, then obviously the missed field goal. They had a couple penalties that kind of pushed them back a little bit too and, and hope drive. I thought some of the penalties in the first half were really hope, hopeful. The chop block right there right before halftime that kind of set up the long field goal instead of making it a more manageable situation. Yeah. Um, you know, but in the end, I mean, Clemson was the one that was shooting themselves in the foot. Um that's exactly right. Yeah, no, yeah. I think if, if 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 NC State had lost this game, the penalties would have certainly been something that was pointed towards. But Clemson, in, in the second half, Clemson shot itself in the foot more than NC State could have in, in the first half. Yeah. I think the only thing, you're, if you're to take a, um, a step back from the, the joy and euphoria of the win, and Justin will tell you I'm good at this kind of stuff. I'm good at not going too low when they lose to Mississippi State and, and not trying to be too high after concern. You do kind of worry, like, why was this game 14-14 at the end of regulation? It shouldn't have been 14-14. They should have won this game at the end of regulation. And that would be the one thing that if I'm coaches, I'm looking at, why Why did we not have this game in hand? Uh, when we're outgaining them so decisively, and we had a 28-8 to edge and first downs and a 2-1 to edge in time of possession, and they had converted like one third down, and I think NC State was 10 for 20 on third downs. You have to find why was this game 14 to 14. Okay, that's one question that once you step back from the excitement of the win, um, NC State fans, uh, NC State coaches, if I'm, if I'm the coach, I'm going to say, all right, we've got some hard questions to ask you. Why was this game 14 14 going to overtime? Why were we in this position? I don't know the answer. I'm not trying to suggest I know an answer uh, or trying to impart some wisdom. Uh, that would just be the question I'm asking. Of, uh, you know, let's, let's, it's, it's easy to ask these questions when you win a game. Um, but let's, let's find out why, we're, why, why didn't we win this thing? Why was this game, you know, not in hand? Why weren't we not in a victory formation for the final snap? Well, I mean, part of it is you make one of those field goals and it's a moot point, right? You know, you don't you don't expect you don't expect your former Lou Groza semifinalist, you know, kicker who's among the best in the ACC, if not the nation. You know, your your program's all time leader in points scored to to miss all three of his attempts. And again, they weren't easy attempts. So like, I'm not I'm not sitting here saying I could have done it. I don't think. Thank goodness NC State won the game. I don't think any criticism should go Chris Dunn's way, and I'm sure he'll bounce back. But you know, you can't, you can't coach that. There's, there's, you can't blame the coach we, for missed kicks. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think what you do is you go back and look into say why did we end up having to go for 50 yard field goal? Why didn't we keep the drive going? I know one with the chop block, right? That's true. At yeah. the end of the first half, and then maybe evaluate should we have been a little bit more urgent there at the first end of the first half. You know, we were trying to – I know what they were doing was smart. They were going for the whole get the points at the end of the first half, come back, start second half, get more points, which is absolutely the smart way to do it. And you don't want to leave Clemson time on the clock for one last suggestion. So they were trying to balance being patient and trying to score. Uh, but I, if I recall, it was nothing but running plays that whole drive up until the chop block penalty until you ha- – 
kind of have to look back, okay, could we have been a little bit more aggressive here there and not had to settle for a 53-yard field goal attempt or whatever it was, and then the other 50-yard field goal attempt? What caused us to have to settle for a uh, trying a long field goal? So um, I'm trying to remember what happened on the other one, but I believe they got maybe a sack or or something, a sack or maybe another penalty. I don't remember, but... Um, that may have been the Amezi holding penalty. I'm trying to remember. I think it was the Amezi holding penalty that I thought was a phantom holding right. flag. I thought that was a bad flag. Um, I don't know what the TV announcers said. but um, It was right after the bad call on Clemson for the, what was it, the late hit or the, they want, Clemson sideline wanted um, intentional grounding on Leary because he wasn't, he was just getting rid of the ball. There was no receiver around, and then Clemson's linebacker comes crashing in at the end of the play. It's kind of a weak call, but yeah, I, I will say this: NC State fans, you can't have, um, you shouldn't be mad at the refs at all. I mean, I think um, you know, as as many times as NC State has been on the short end of the stick with getting some calls here and there, certainly um, it was a nice time for uh, some karma to be coming in good ways back to the wolf pack but but no i mean there there's no asterisk on this game there's no there's no need to dwell on missed kicks there's no need to dwell too much on why you didn't win the game in regulation i agree with you i think nc state was clearly the better team i think nc state had every opportunity to win this game in regulation and it should have but i'm not you know you you did the thing you did the job you win that that that's what it comes down to in football. Did you win the game or did you lose the game? And if you didn't win the game, there's no moral victories. And there had been plenty in the past. There had been plenty of times where you look at this NC State team and say, man, they played better than Clemson for 60 minutes. And you know what? They still didn't find a way to win. But this year, they did. And this is why, you know, maybe the negative reaction or kind of the tuning out after the Mississippi State loss was in my opinion, very premature for a lot of people to do because, look, you go into every season, if you're an NC State supporter, fan, player, part of the program, whatever, you know, th- this isn't a program where the goal is to go win a national championship. Maybe, maybe in the future, if there's a different format that would allow itself to do that, you know, maybe that's a goal down the road. But for right now, where this program is at, NC State's goal every year is, can you go win an ACC championship? And when you play in the ACC Atlantic, you have to beat Clemson to do that, as long as Clemson is king of the Atlantic division. And by the way, Clemson's crown hasn't been stolen yet. Clemson could still go win the Atlantic division. NC State still has a lot of work to do. But where I'm going with this is, you know, don't get so discouraged over a non-conference loss when really it doesn't... I mean, it matters, but it doesn't really matter in terms of where you're going with your end goal. If you take care of business in the ACC, you can go to an ACC championship game. And then once you get to the ACC championship game, it's just one ball game to win the whole ACC championship. So, you know, now NC State is is in prime position to accomplish that goal. And look, I know it's the first of, of eight conference games. There's a lot more of business to be taken care of. But this is as good of a start to an ACC season as you could have hoped for. You're in the driver's seat. You've already got the toughest opponent on your ACC schedule, you know, out of the way with a W in the win column. So, uh, 
you know, where, where, where does this leave NC State big picture? Because uh, you've got three teams now with undefeated records in the Atlantic Division. You also got Louisville, I think, is 1-0 and in ACC play. And you've got Wake Forest, who is uh, 3-0 and in ACC play. So that, uh, that Wake Forest, that road Wake Forest game, NC State in Winston-Salem, that's shaping up to be, if Wake Forest can keep taking care of business, and I think it has a pretty easy schedule up to that game, that could be a very, very important game for both teams in the sense that that could end up deciding an Atlantic division as far as as far as we know he's sitting here in week four yeah I mean it's gonna be we're gonna look so different I, I like what you just said as far as we know in week four because it's gonna be totally different in week six and seven and eight That's it's right. a week by week it's a week by week deal and and you know I, I honestly right now if I'm ranking the teams in the Atlantic I'm not talking about pure talent I'm not talking about stars. I'm just saying based on performance so far, Clemson's number four in the Atlantic for me. And Louisville is starting to make a case. It may be one. And let's not forget Syracuse. Nice win over Liberty. Uh, yeah. I can. I mean, honestly, the I'm only. I'm going to forget Syracuse in the Atlantic. But go go ahead if you want to. <laughs> honestly, the only bad team in the Atlantic is Florida State. Um, yeah. That's the truth. Um, yeah, I thought Boston College might be in trouble after it loses uh, Phil Djokovic, a quarterback. They go beat a pretty solid Missouri team at home in overtime. Um, and now they got Clemson next. So they may be timing it well themselves with Clemson. They get Clemson on the road. Um, so a couple of things I caution about it. NC State defense is really good. It's legit. It's one of the best in the ACC. It has also played a slew of teams that are either offensively challenged or an FCS team. They have not yet played a well-run offense like, say, a Wake Forest or a Boston College that they're going to get on the road. So, Or at times, North Carolina that they'll get at the end of the year at home. Uh, I don't know about Miami. We'll see what that looks like. So, the defense yet has yet to face the tough test, if, if you get what I'm saying. The airway was tough, uh, and they did reasonably well, but you also worry about the production that Mississippi State got in the second and third quarters of that game. So, um, I do think offensively, you, you, you had the toughest test. Now, you need to see the offense step up and start being a little bit more explosive, start being a little bit more prolific. 14 points against that Clemson defense and regulation is about what you can expect at the moment. We'll see how they hold up after these injuries. Um, so uh, that, that that's the, now the offense got to rise up a little bit more and start helping out a little bit more because they can't maybe rely on the defense quite as much in some of these games coming up. But I still point to those games at Boston College and at Wake Forest are going to be key. And so... Yes, they got the win over Clemson. I caution don't. I think that Clemson team is going to end the ACC. I did somewhere between four and four and six and two. They got another loss coming, probably two in the ACC. So um, they just don't have the offensive line to to move it consistently. Maybe they'll come together for a game or two or here or there or for a stretch of a couple games, but consistently they don't have that offensive line. So. Yeah. Uh, well, now they got injury problems on defense, too. They got injury problems on defense, and they got running back issues. If Will Shipley 
is hopeful in an extended period of time. Don't forget the other guy transferred this week, Dixon. Yep, Lynn, Lynn J. Dixon, yep. Yeah. So now you're down what you thought were probably going to be your top two running backs. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they got a couple of four and five stars waiting in the wings, but, you know, there's a reason why they weren't playing and Will simply was. So, and there's still the offensive line issue. So it's wide open. I think the team that wins the Atlantic will probably be 6-2. But if you're NC State, you have, uh, your goal is to handle your business at home against Syracuse, against uh, Louisville, um, and maybe even against UNC, now that we know that they're very, very vulnerable. And with yesterday, not like the best day for NC State football in a long time. To see UNC get smoked at Georgia Tech after you beat Clemson. I mean, that um, was great. I, I'm one I'm I'm one to just focus on what NC State does. If if Carolina won that game, it still would have been the best NC State. It, it still would have been the best football day for NC State in a good long while because you finally beat but, Clemson. Um, but yes. got to handle the business at Florida State. That for sure. And then if you can take one or two between Wake and BC on the road – then you can probably afford to slip up once and take one or two at Miami and UNC at home. You're in a real good place. That's kind of how I view it because I expect those other teams to slip up a couple of times. And so you're really thinking about tiebreakers. You got the one against Clemson. If you can get one between Wake and BC, you're going to be really good on a tiebreaker situation. So it's fun to think about, though. That's the best part about all of it, right? We're going to be in October on Friday. So one month into the year, you're still thinking about the stuff that you were thinking about before September started. And that, that hasn't always been the case for NC State. And a lot of people didn't think that was going to be the case after it lost to Mississippi State uh, on September 11th. So um, it, it, that's the best part about it. It keeps you coming to the Wolfpacker.com, reading all the previews and, and predictions and and listening to our podcast and getting the, the best coverage you can get of NC State football. It's why you're a fan. It's why it's worth going through all of the heartbreak of being an NC State fan. It's why college football is so great. Um, and look, NC State's schedule really does set up you know, well to to move on from this emotional victory and then go on and take care of business the rest of the way. You got Louisiana Tech coming up in a home home game next Saturday, um, a game that NC State should definitely win. It just needs to, you know, celebrate this weekend, get back into uh, the training center, start preparing for Louisiana Tech. As long as you get a dialed-in, focused NC State, not worried about that game at all. Then that leads into the bye week before you go play the stretch of your ACC games to finish out the season. And I love that spot for the bye week because, knock on wood, if you can get there somewhat healthy, I know there have been a couple injuries, but you know, if a couple guys maybe beaten up in the first few weeks of the season, get a good week for rest, and you get a, you get some time to compose yourself before you go take care of business against the race, rest of the ACC. I would have I would hate to see you know NC State have to go play at Wake Forest or at Boston College next week after emotional win like this just because it's so hard to level yourself out after a big emotional win like this and then go you know on the road in a hostile environment after you played before such a great crowd at home 
um, and go have to win a really tough game after that. So luckily the schedule is also set up pretty nice for NC State to, to compose itself after what is you know rightfully so an emotional win for this team. And we'll see. I, I'm not as uh, pessimistic as you with Clemson. Yeah. I, you know, I agree. Clemson has its its offensive problems, but that defense is good enough that Clemson, even if its offense never figures it out, it still has a good enough defense. You know, if it can be healthy enough uh, to win most of the games left on its remaining schedule, I still am pretty low on the ACC as a whole this year. And I mean, look, those those guys have have won and had so much success for a reason. They've got some of the best coaching in the ACC. They've got probably some of the best reserves in the ACC in terms of recruiting talent. Clemson will figure it out. They're not. I would not think that they would go 500 in ACC play, Matt. I, I that's that's a hot take in my opinion. But we'll see. We'll see. That would be. That would be, I guess, fitting for an emotional NC State win, like when NC State beat Louisville in 2017, and then Louisville was like, eh, they're a fringe top 25 team by the end of the year. It's a Clemson team that got to go play at Pittsburgh. I know they had a bad loss, but that's still a pretty good Pittsburgh team. They got to still play Wake and BC. Okay. They're going to drop another game or two. I'm just yeah. telling you. I, I just have a hard time seeing Clemson losing all three of those games. I mean, I that I think, would be the worst case. I, I don't think that's, I think more realistic is six and two or five and three. And the rest, aren't, the rest aren't beating Clemson. Like the rest, South Carolina's not beating Clemson. Uh, Syracuse isn't right. beating Clemson. I mean, come on. Yeah. So we're talking about, you know, maybe three games. And Boston College to me is still suspect because. It's great that Boston College went and beat Missouri without Phil uh, Jerkovic. I, I always butcher his last name. Jerkovic, that's his last name. Anyways, you don't have your main quarterback. Boston College still has a really good team, but you know you don't have your guy anymore, so that does definitely take some value away from them, in my opinion. But look, a lot, lot of great things to look forward to the rest of the year. NC State fans, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy, just enjoy this moment. Enjoy this moment. Don't get caught up thinking about the rest of the season. Don't get caught up in thinking about the, the implications. Just enjoy the fact that you finally got to witness a Textile Bowl win <laughs> at home over those guys. I mean, you know, NC State Carolina, that's the rivalry. But when you look at, you know, the way athletes look at things and competitors look at things, they want to beat the best. And over the past 10 years since Dorn has been here, you know, Carolina has been a good program, but not a great program. And Carolina has never been the best in the ACC. Clemson has been the best in the ACC for the majority of this past decade and clearly the past six seasons up to this date. The fact that you got those guys, that was the game that everybody circles. These competitors, more than anybody, I, I was listening to a podcast with Naheem Hines. I think he's on Joe Giglio's podcast, the NC State podcast. He was talking about more than anybody. I just wanted to beat Clemson. It was like they they would have taken a if they would have had to trade maybe a Carolina loss for a Clemson win. I think they would have just because they gotten so close so many times and it was just always those guys were finding a way to win. But a happy weekend for Wolfpack fans. So enjoy it, celebrate it. Last reminder: please remember to rate, subscribe, and review this podcast wherever you listen to us. We're on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Google Play, everywhere you listen to podcasts. Plus, please, please, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. 
first of all, you get notified when we have a new video, so you don't have to, you know, search for it, look for it. It'll come right into your feed. You'll be able to listen to us as soon as this video is posted. Um, but it also helps us out a ton. We're so close to our thousand subscriber goal. That helps us out tremendously. So please, if you haven't already, if you're a new listener, uh, if you enjoyed the show, if you're just a Wolfpack fans and, and you want to show your gratitude for what a great win it was, go subscribe to the Wolfpacker YouTube channel and uh, go over to thewolfpacker.com. Use promo code. I think there's a new promo code, Matt. Pack 30, maybe? Free 30? I don't know. It's all in all of our stories. Go to one of our <laughs> stories. It'll be a push button. Just click it. Use that code. You get access to the wolfpacker.com premium content news and analysis follow us on social media you can follow our main account at the wolfpacker on twitter you can follow me personally at justin h will on twitter and give us a like on facebook nc state wolfpack on the wolfpacker.com so for matt carter this is justin williams signing off for a big wolfpack win 27 21 over clemson have a nice weekend wolfpack fans enjoy it